it's not a failure to have something not quite work out right. You know, the failure would be in not to respond to that and to just letting that go and giving up. The real work isn't really trying to arrive at a solution together, right? To to work through whatever conflict it is, to work through whatever awkward situation you're in and getting to a resolution that works out for everybody. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us, you the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is The Future of Work. In this episode, host Salvatrice Kumo talks with Jesse Torres, principal of Arroyo West, a business consulting firm with an expertise in disaster preparedness, which in 2020 became a bigger asset than anyone would have hoped for. Jesse shares his journey to entrepreneurship, the value in absorbing criticism, the importance of knowing what you're good at in order to hire someone who is great at that skill, and the real fact that once you go out on your own, it's unlikely you'll ever go back. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the Future of Work podcast. Today, I am featuring Jesse Torres, principal of Arroyo West. Jesse, good morning. Good morning, Salvatrice. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be chatting with you. Very good. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. You know, this episode is really special to me because it's, we're going to talk a lot about entrepreneurship and your journey. And when I think about an entrepreneur who has such a diverse professional background, I really think about you and, um, and your venture right now. So we're going to get right to it, if you don't mind. And uh, let's start with what led you. What led you to this path? Yeah, yeah, this, uh, and, I, and I appreciate that, you know, um, if you're always thinking about me, because I always think of me in a very different way, just how complicated I made my life for myself. And, you know, it's such a twisting and turning kind of career path, you know, and I was thinking about this morning how, you know, when I first exited college, I never, ever would have thought of being an entrepreneur one day, right? In fact, my first gig after school was working for the LA Weekly as an unpaid editorial intern. And I really thought my life was going to be in news, you know, being a reporter, doing that kind of thing. And so to find myself, I guess now, what, 20 years later, you know, having my own business is really something kind of extraordinary. You know, I would say that really what kind of led me to where I am today is um, taking advantage of every opportunity I could to grow my skill set and all these various steps kind of along the way leading to 
a time in my life where I finally felt ready to start my own thing. And uh, so, I mean, I know you know that I, I spent the majority of it, obviously, of my professional career helping small business owners. I, I served as the regional director for the Los Angeles Small Business Development Center Network. I was the uh, the state advocate for small business for Governor Brown. And that was my most recent my most recent position. I did that for three years for the governor's office of business and economic development. And I would just say that after so much time being spent helping people set up programs for small businesses, I think I finally felt like it was time for me to actually be a small business, to be an entrepreneur. I think it always felt like I've been kind of on the sideline watching and helping people nurture their ideas where I really felt like, okay, I want to do this. Like now, as I go into middle age, right? I want to, I want to do something for myself. I want to test myself. I want to see if I can actually do it. I want to put these, these principles to work and and test myself. And so, yeah, you know, last uh, October, I started my own firm. I had been part of a partnership the year before that, but, you know, going on my own was really different. Um, You know, having to make all the decisions myself was really, really challenging. You know, I think once you get the entrepreneurship bug, it's hard to, it's hard to let it go. It's hard to go back to, I guess, a, a normal job at this point. What would you say then is, or was that one thing that drove you? I mean, I'm sure that there was so many elements to making the decision, but if you can choose that one thing, what would it be? And more importantly, because Aurora West is still a very young venture, you know, why now? Yeah, you know, I give a lot of credit to my wife, Jennifer, who started her own business um, a few years before I started mine. Watching her go through through that journey herself, right? That 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 first kind of few months of uncertainty, right? The uh, the push to find clients. I, I just took a lot of inspiration from her. You know, the courage she had to do it. And I think I think when I you know when you push the end of say like a political appointment where you know that you're um, you know there's a definite definitive stop to the work. You know, like like the governor leaves, right? I mean, it's not like you know at that point you got to make a decision about what your next path is. And so for me, it was really just this right kind of moment of, okay, now is the time to make the leap, right? And, but, you know, honestly, if it hadn't been for watching Jen go through it herself and the confidence that she gained, and also what I, what I saw is that her time, you know, her, the time she now had, the, the flexibility, the ability to spend time with the kids more often, like that was really another kind of big selling point for me. And I'm sorry, what was the, the, the second question you had? It was more of why now? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting to think about like why now? Like why why is now the good time to to leap into this? And actually this is something, you know, I have my own podcast, Hack My Business, and we talk about uh, quite a bit about when do you know is the right time? And I think what I just realized is it's now or never. Like there really isn't ever a right time. You know, there's never a really good place where you really think like, okay, I think I've gained enough skill set to go on my own. The, like the, to some degree, there's a leap of faith you have to take. And I think for me, like honestly, if if I if it was like it was a combination of, of things coming together at the right time and place, you know, you had uh, my position essentially coming to an end. Right, it felt like at that point the economy was strong. You know, so I felt like I would have some kind of a, you know a, at least at least a good economic platform to to leverage. I would say, and this is just something, you know, having worked for so many years, there was something in the back of my head where I was thinking, you know what, if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay. You know, I'll be okay. I can always get another job. You know, there's other positions I can get. So I felt like I had this platform or at least some kind of trampoline that could bounce me back up if it didn't work out. 
Although sometimes I do wonder, you know, if there's real strength in having extreme risk. Like, you know, I always look at the, uh, you know, the young entrepreneur who comes from nothing, right? Who doesn't have right. that kind of deep experience. And I will sometimes wonder, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better not to have any kind of safety net because maybe that would push you harder. So I always try to, right. you know, push myself as if I didn't have a safety net, if that makes sense. For sure. And I would imagine that, you know, there was a lot of adversity and doubt that you had to deal with in making this leap, you know, and before we kind of, you know, I do want to hear about that, but I want to just take a, just a brief moment to really talk about a Royal West. Now you're here, you've taken this yeah. leap, a Royal West is formed. Tell us, you know, who a Royal West is and what is your position here or within your sector? Well, I'll let you tell, I'll, I'll let you tell yeah. us who a Royal West is. <laughs> sure. I have an advantage and I know who you are, but our listener doesn't. And how did you know you had the right model? You know, like, you know, here yeah. you are, you're building your own company. What, you know, you're, you're trying to solve a problem and that's why you built a Royal West. You know, what is that? And then how did you know that you're on the right path and you have the right model? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, just think about the journey of a Royal West. So, um, you know, you know, as I briefly kind of mentioned, I was part of a, a partnership before starting at Royal West. And, you know, I learned so much about that experience as far as what it means to run a business, the hardship of it, you know, the complication of it, you know, what really matters. Uh, and so I took that into the launching of my own firm. So Royal West is a single member LLC. Um, you know, I work out of my home. My, my specialty is around economic and workforce development based here in, in South Pasadena. You know, what's unique about us is that just because of my my skill set, we have a particular focus around small business programming and also disaster resiliency and preparedness, which has really come in quite handy, I would say, you know, during this this very unique time. And so it's interesting kind of going into this this new firm where I really felt like I was experienced at that point. You know, I, I felt I felt really comfortable with the risk. Like I knew it. Like it's almost like we try something new and you you know, you you've been doing it for maybe about a year and you feel like you're not necessarily an expert at it, but you know, like you know the parameters, you know how it all kind of works, you know, the different kind of the different features of the product. And then from there it's really about becoming a you know, getting mastery of it. And I was also really lucky in that I had some great support like you at Pasadena City College, which I always, you know, you know, I always, we joke that, you know, that you're my number one, uh, you know, my number one client because you were there <laughs> at the very beginning providing support, but also guidance and feedback and saying, you know, here's other things you should be improving on. Here's where I really need the support, you know, on how to steer your talents to provide me greater, greater assistance. And I, I took that all to heart. So when I went and created my own venture, you know, I took all those lessons with me and it shaped how I do the work and refined my approach and made me think really, you know, much more thoughtfully as far as how do I deliver in a way that is most meaningful for the client. So I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, it's just that you take all these lessons with you and, and you kind of iterate around the way, you know? Mm -hmm. So it feels like I'm kind of like in phase two of entrepreneurship and I'm, right. I'm much more comfortable with it. You know, I'm not an expert quite yet, but I definitely feel like I'm getting there. And it sounds like to me, you're getting super, you know, hyper-focused, you know, your objective and your mission for the, for your company is becoming a little bit more clearer as you start to build your clients, as you start to, you know, receive that feedback and to your point, adjusting along the way, you know, adjusting along the way. So you kind of refine the model a little bit better. And having said that, is there 
are there any particular moments thus far or accomplishments within or Royal West that you treasure the most that you thought that perhaps, gosh, I really took this risk, but it turned out to have the best reward. Do you have, do you have a moment that you want to share with us? You know, maybe not one specific moment, but, you know, to touch upon, you know, I guess, how do you, how do you fully leverage, you know, what you have, you know, I, I always thought, I always think that when you go into any kind of role, in order to be really, really good at it, you got to be a student of your craft, you know, and I felt that way when I was with the SBDC where I, you know, I fell in love with the program, right? I wanted to understand like all the nuts and bolts of it, how it all worked, all the compliance standards, you know, the ways to deliver programs. And I feel the same way with, with the work I do. And so I always think like to be a good consultant, you need to gain mastery of the consultant tools. You got to understand and really be interested in learning about things like, oh, how do I help people arrive at strategic decisions? You know, how, what are the, what's the newest and the latest around the technique of approaching a problem and solving a problem, right? And, and so I take that really seriously in, in, into the work I do and, and I try to apply it in, in the client work. You know, I would say that maybe what's been most, I guess the greatest opportunity I had and that I fully didn't even grasp how important it would be was my background in disaster preparedness and resiliency and hmm. where I remember getting my first set of work in that in that space because of the uh, the hill uh, Woolsey fires that was uh, impacting Ventura Malibu and I remember doing that and thinking you know who am I to say that I'm a disaster expert you know who am I to actually you know say that I can lead an effort and help my client kind of deliver on services and then I realized, well, actually, I do have a certain understanding of what the small business community needs when, when there's a major disaster because of the work I'd done previously for the governor's office, right? So I would say that the, what's been the most interesting, you know, infuriating work has been around disaster work. I would never, I mean, I, 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 often, I often hate to mention it because it's such like to feel positive about that I have that expertise. It feels so weird to say it like that I'm you know, I, right. able to survive in this pandemic because of my, my work in that space, but truly the most rewarding work I've been able to do, I think in the past, mm -hmm. you know, year or so has been helping those work with impacted community. So even like, you know, with, with PCC, Pasadena City College, you know, some of that work I do for you guys is helping uh, Don Lowell, who's the director of the Pasadena SPDC, think through how we can best deliver services to um, COVID-19 impacted businesses. And in fact, it, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, one of the first places in the United States to feel the impact of the disease was here in San Gabriel Valley because of how the Asian uh, businesses were being right. uh, discriminated against, you know, and they were feeling the impact of loss of business. And so really, you know, that's been really important work, you know, figuring it out with Don, you know, being of NASA to him, helping connect him to the, you know, county resources, and being part of that kind of master plan, like that's been the most rewarding, challenging work uh, definitely of my life. And as entrepreneurs, gosh, I have to say, you know, every day there's a new challenge. You know, there's it's not a I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to have the exact same glorious day I had the day before. You know, you're 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 challenged with many different obstacles and sometimes right? And sometimes they're not as successful or, you know, we don't have that best day, uh, you know, in your journey right now, through your journey that you've had thus far with Arroyo West, 
were there any moments that you just had like this aha? Oh, I learned something from it. You know, it wasn't my best day. There's a little obstacle. I tripped over something, you know, but what did I learn from it? Was there any, anything that you can share to our listener? Yeah. I mean, it made the hardest thing to do and the most important thing to do is accept criticism, right? To learn from your failures. And I think there's so much to gain from really taking the time to study it, to not brush it off and to absorb the feedback, you know, getting critical feedback is so important to helping you improve. You know, for example, even today I had this really interesting moment where um, I was on an earlier interview, you know, talking about, you know, uh, scenario analysis and all this kind of stuff being around, you know, this is pivoting. And at the end of it, you know, there was one gentleman who was part of the, um, the you know, the, the panel discussion or, uh, you know, listening in on the Zoom. And he says, oh, you know, actually the today's session didn't really resonate with what I was trying to get. And, and I actually really appreciate it. You know, it's kind of disheartening to hear it, but you know, you're, you're also curious about like, why tell me why, you know, what were you hoping to get and that, that we didn't provide, can we provide that to you right now? You know, so quickly just taking it in and, and uh, learning, right. Uh, Becoming more responsive. And I think, you know, that carries into your client work. It's like, it's not a failure to have something not quite work out right. You know, the failure would be in not to respond to that and to just letting that go and giving up. The real work isn't really trying to arrive at a solution together, right? To to work through whatever conflict it is, to work through whatever awkward situation you're in and getting to a resolution that works out for everybody. And that was like one of the most important and painful lessons I ever had to learn, to become really comfortable with the awkward and to think about, I need to, I need to persevere. I need to do this for my client. I need to do this for the people we're trying to serve. And, you know, that's been the most critical lesson, but it's the hardest thing to do to get that kind of critical feedback, to get that kind of like, you know what, I don't think you did this quite right. You know, can you try again? Like that is super important to your growth, I think. That's right. And to your point, refining the craft, right? Right. That critical feedback that we all you know, get a little butterfly in our stomach or that little knot in our stomach when we, when we receive it, I'm sure that that's sometimes received by your team, right? I mean, I'm sure that you're giving critical feedback to your your team in building a Royal West as you envision it. And so let's talk a little bit about that team. How, how are you building your team? How did you identify what skills or who you were looking for in building your team there at a Royal West? Yeah. Yeah, and I can tell you, you know, a a strategy I learned going through my MBA program, Pepperdine. Typically, you go to that kind of you know business education world. You're thinking I got to be good at everything, right? So you join these teams, and you kind of struggle a bit because you're realizing, oh man, like I can't, I can't keep up. You know, how come this team isn't coming together? And what you learn is like, it's not necessarily that you need to be good at everything. You just got to be really good at what you're really good at, and find others who are good at those things that you're not good at. And so what I try to do with my work and when I look for strategic partners, when I look for uh, team member staff, I'm always looking for those to, that can augment what I can do. And, you know, what I've found really good at is really understanding what am I good at, but not great. And where can I find people who are great at those things that I'm just good at, you know, <laughs> and I know that sounds probably right. complicated, but, you know, I think that's super critical. So, you know, even when I, you know, I'm lucky in that I was actually able to hire my first part-time staff member you know, which is, you know, although I had to say that the beginning of the year, I was really thinking I'm going to hire my first full-time staff member this year. That definitely has changed because of COVID-19. But when I brought him on, one of the reasons I did bring him on is that he had a certain, uh, he, you know, he was, uh, he has a certain financial background. 
he has a deep analysis and really enjoys deep financial analysis, right? Which for me, although I'm good at that, that's not something I'm not, I'm not really essentially passionate about. And so finding him, bringing him on board, he, where he is a you know, young guy, he's interested in learning more about you know project development, which I can help train because I love that. So we augmented each other. You know, when I bring in partners to help execute on client work, I'm looking for those that bring a skill set that I don't necessarily have, but where at least I have an understanding of what what quality work is, you know, and I think that's also the secret. It's like, you don't have to be the expert on it. You just got to know if it's BS or not, you know, <laughs> so that, because that's going right. to come into play because you need to make the decision about whether or not that person is the right fit for the client you're trying to serve. Right. And as leaders, it's, you know, we have to have enough breath in order to hire the correct depth, right? That, that person that, to your point, you know, you're saying, you know, someone who augments what I do that I'm good at, but I need someone who's great. Right. That's so imperative in building the right team when you're an entrepreneur, when you're starting off, or even like throughout your journey, right? Like teams change all the time. Is there anything particular that would catch your attention? You know, that example that you gave about one of your, you know, one of your employees about having more knowledge around financial, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, one level you're definitely looking for a certain technical ability, right? So when I brought on, you know, my, my part-time associate, Julio, who's great, you know, on his resume, you could see immediately and just knowing his background that, oh, he has an expertise in financial analysis, you know, uh, you know his real dream job, because I only have him really through the end of this year, is to go work for PwC. He's going he's gonna to become someone who's going to audit me someday, right? And so you see that technical ability, but I always say there's something that's even more important. And I actually learned this again from my wife because she would, um, she would, I've never seen someone let go of so many people you know, in, in her, in her career. And because she was mm-hmm. immediately able to sense if someone had that, that certain something, if somebody had the ability to be proactive, to um, understand what was needed in advance you know and that's something that's really hard to teach and either you have it or you don't you know the best way that i've learned to kind of test that is to give someone something complicated to try to do something you know a big program or maybe it's a it's a sensitive situation and just give it to them and and the risk is that they're going to fail right that you'll have to jump in and rescue but honestly that's the best way to see can they see in advance are they are they playing checkers or are they playing chess? You know, like, do they have the ability to understand where the road is going to take and to the implications of certain decisions, right? And to either, you know, address barriers early on or do they just not see it? And so I think that's really important, you know, like, and it's hard to tell if that person has it. The only way to really understand is to test them. And again, you know, the, the biggest, you know, management skill skill that you need to learn is to recognize it when they don't and to have a really honest conversation with them and to say you know what it's not going to work out and really sorry it's not going to work out but you know i'd rather end this relationship now so that we were not both really severely disappointed a year from now you know and that's the hardest thing i think i had to learn as a manager right and i like to call that leading with kindness you know sometimes we have to have real talk and you're and it may feel painful with that team member at that moment but it's really the best decision that you made, not only for the company, but for that individual, for their own personal and professional growth. You know, our teams play such a pivotal role in the growth of our businesses. And, you know, in looking at 
how fluid the economy is, however changing it is right now, you know, what are your plans to grow the business in such an environment with your team? Yeah, part of it is saying yes to everything. You know, like any any opportunity to do business development, any like, you know, even things like this, any invitation to talk about the work I do, any opportunity to help a client advance on their on their work, even if it's not necessarily quite mission fit because of the unique circumstance we're in right now with the pandemic, I don't say no to anything. You know, I, I really do my best to try to see if I can lean in and just take advantage. The other thing that I'm doing that I think is just also really super critical is to get out of your comfort zone. You know, now is not the time to be afraid to take a risk, to do something that is, you know, outside the box. You know, you got to now really lean in and just, um, take advantage of any opportunity. And so, you know, I, and sometimes it's just really difficult to find the time. And unfortunately there really isn't like a, a magic bullet. So, you know, I do my business development typically late at night, right after I've done all my client work, you know, after the kids are asleep, spending that couple hours, you know, from 10 PM to one or, or whatever that looks like, you know, you just got, you got to carve the time. You got to put together the bids, you got to submit, you got to do it when you're tired. You got to do it when, you know, the kids need breakfast because you now is not the time to be resting. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be hustling all the time now because the world literally is at a standstill, but there's still opportunity, but you gotta, you gotta really hustle for it. Good point, good point. And for that student who is willing to take that risk right now and build their own venture, what advice would you give them, Jesse? Yeah, you know, I think one of the best things you can do is really do a lot of homework before you make that first move spend a lot of time analyzing, analyzing industries, uh, reading reports, try to get a sense of where the world is heading, you know, where, who are going to be the winners and who are going to be the losers and what is the opportunity within both those sets to find work. And then from there, once you can really get a handle of, okay, here's where I think the opportunities are, then taking, taking the steps to actually start, you know, moving into that direction and really, really seeing how your talents can leverage some of those opportunities so honestly, a lot of it's just really getting a sense of, okay, where is the world heading? You know, how is the pandemic shaping things? So like, for example, you know, looking to say like entertainment, well, the idea of, you know, live in-person entertainment probably isn't going to be a reality, you know, for the next six months, but home entertainment, right, you know, is going to be a big deal and there's opportunities in there. What tools are going to be used between now and, you know, say, next spring, you know, things like Zoom technology or whatever else, you know, what is the opportunity in there if you're so interested to find work in that space, you know, economic and workforce development programs obviously are going to get a lot of attention right now. So could you align your skill set to advance those work, that kind of work, who is going to be in position to receive state or federal monies that are, the, are in turn going to be seeking out consultants? So there's all this opportunity, but the one of the first things you really need to do is identify where exactly those opportunities exist and how you yourself can position yourself to take advantage of those opportunities. That's great advice. And along the same vein, along that vein of opportunity, what's next for you and where do you see your, your opportunities? Yeah, it's interesting because the work that we're doing is actually increasing. You know, the, the pandemic, unfortunately, is not slowing down. And so there's increased opportunity for us to really lean in and help communities, help stakeholders deliver small business relief programs to increase our, our skill set and our expertise. You know, something we're doing right now is working on a statewide initiative called Outsmart Disaster. We're, we're actually going to be leading uh, training sessions 
around you know small business uh, disaster preparedness. And, and so that's going to be uh, interesting work for us. We're also really going to be leaning into now helping others stand up uh, kind of major economic and workforce programs. You know, so we're, we're kind of really leaning in right now into the disaster relief work, that small business relief. And it's taking us into really interesting, you know, directions like, you know, um, three months ago, I never would have thought that one of my main tasks would be in figuring out PPE distribution, you know, the, the personal protective equipment. You know, so becoming knowledgeable about logistics and warehousing, like I never thought that would be a thing. But, you know, you just um, we're just leaning into that. We're, we're doing everything we can to really figure out the best way to essentially move product around safely. You know, I never would have thought that I would have to become um, an expert on reopening ordinances, right? Health and safety guidelines, um, educating others about about that. So, you know, I think for us, like I said, you know, um, both, both positively and, and negatively, a lot of our work will be done in that relief kind of space. I'm extremely grateful to uh, partners like you who have given us the opportunity to just really help out and to be part of that journey and to really think creatively about how we can help support small businesses during this really, really extraordinary, really, really sad time. You're very welcome. We we value, we value you, Jesse, and we value the work that your team does. So thank you as well. This has been such a great morning talking to you about entrepreneurship. I know you're a busy, busy man. You've got a lot on your plate right now. Wanted to take the time to just give you a big shout out. Thank you for what you do. Where could we find you? Yeah, sure. You know, the one of the most interesting ways to reach me is actually through a, a site we created called COVID19biztools.com. And that's actually a site where we've aggregated resources for small business owners who are impacted by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, but you can actually reach us directly through that. Uh, again, it's COVID19biztools.com. And then I do have a podcast that I'm uh, currently producing called Hack My Business. And you can find that on Apple and Spotify. Uh, and my contact information is available um, through both through both uh, mediums. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, COVID19biztools.com, it provides a great way to, for you to get understanding of current resources. And also, if you need to reach out to me directly, you can do best through there. Thank you so much, Jesse. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes. And to the listener, thanks for listening. We'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share or be a guest on the show, you can find a link to our webpage to reach out to us in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. This helps more people like you discover the podcast and you can look forward to new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.